Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning is James chapter 5, verses 12 through 20. James chapter 5, verses 12 through 20. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth, or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no lest you fall into judgment. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruits. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So we conclude our look at the epistle or the letter of James this morning. Over the past couple months, we've learned from James about several aspects of the Christian's life. We're to stay faithful during trials and temptations. We're to live out our faith in selfless love. We're to watch what we say, to control our words, control our tongues. We're to be patient. We're to be humble. But above all that, we are to trust God rather than trusting in ourselves or trusting in our own abilities. In verse 12, James tells us to make our yes, yes, and our no, no. Meaning when you say something, when you say you're going to do something, then do it. When you promise something, follow through with that promise. Uphold your word. If you say you're going to do it, then do it. If, on the other hand, you say no, make sure you mean no. This means say what you mean. Speak the truth in love, and you won't have to worry about what the other person thinks. And that's one of the things that I've learned, you know, sometimes I'm flipping through the channels when I'm cooking dinner, and Judge Judy seems to be on like all the time. She's apparently very popular. And one of the things that she says is she can tell right away when that person is not telling the truth because they have to think about the story. Well, if you're telling the truth, you don't have to think about what you're going to say. You're just going to tell the truth. What happened in the scene? What did they say? What were they yelling? What happened? And she knows right away through her experience. But if we speak the truth, we don't have to worry about what we're going to say or about what the other person thinks because we're speaking the truth in love. And of course, this idea also reinforces the concept of controlling our tongues, having patience with the other person or people as well. 
Proverbs 15 says a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 29, scoffers set a city aflame, but the wise turn away wrath. Be wise, be loving, be patient. And we've talked about that before when we were talking about taming the tongue. James then goes on and starts to finish up his letter by writing about prayer. And and whatever he says, whatever your situation is, pray. Pray if you're happy, pray if you're sad, pray for healing, pray for good health, pray for suffering, pray for confessions, pray for each other, pray for petitions, pray supplications, thanksgiving, whatever. And all of us have had experience with corporate prayer as well as individual personal prayer. And we've discussed prayer here many times. We had a mini-series on it not too long ago. But some Christians still only pray when they are in trouble or when they need something. James tells us not to do that. Pray all the time. Pray when you're happy. Pray when you're sad. Some people view God as this some type of cosmic genie in a bottle that, yeah, when we need him, we pull him out, we rub the lamp, we pull him out and say, hey, this is what we need, give it to me, and then go back in your little bottle. Leave me alone the rest of the time. That's not what God wants. And I think to some extent, we are all like that a little bit. When we are going through troubled times, struggling times, suffering, we do pray more. There's no doubt about it. Rather than when we're just in a normal state of life or in a happy state of life. You know, our prayer life does seem to kick into overdrive during those troublesome times. But we need to remember to praise God during our just our normal everyday course of life, but also for the wonderful things that He does for us. And what a great time to do that, this today and this week, being Thanksgiving. You know, as we Celebrate, as I'm sure most of us will uh, celebrate to some extent, make sure we thank the one who makes it all possible. And even, even later on today or this week, read back over the scripture lesson from this morning about prayer, picking up in verse 13. And try to, try to make some of those ideas parts of your prayer life as well. Some people keep prayer journals. They write down specific things they're praying for and then they go back and look through them to see how God has answered those prayers. Each week at the Bible study in Strongstown we, after, after we're done we always have a prayer time and we take prayer requests and I always write them down much like I do here in the morning just so when I'm praying I don't forget the names or whatever it is I'm, you know, we're praying for. And so I write them down in the, in the book, and it's interesting to, to go back through and see how prayers have been answered. Sometimes they're not answered the way we had wanted, or the way we thought they should be, but our prayers are answered. And we need to remember that, that God does answer our prayers. James continues and discusses the physical and spiritual healing. You know, we're to tell other people what we're really feeling. 
not just to put on a mask, but to tell other people what's wrong. Our physical needs, we're hurting. Our spiritual needs, we don't seem close to God for some reason. Or our emotional, mental needs, saying, you know, I'm just feeling a little bit down. I don't know if it's this weather or what, or I'm just lonely. And we're to pray with passion for those requests. With passion, with energy, James tells us. Call on the elders of the church, the church leaders, for anointing, prayer, confession. And I think I told you before, we did that over at Uniontown uh, for Joyce, you know, about a year or so ago, when she was diagnosed with her, uh, with her tumor. And she'd come up to the altar after communion, or she stayed at the altar after communion, and the church gathered around her, and, and uh, you know, Wayne knelt down beside her, and, and we prayed for her, and I anointed her with oil. Now, I didn't do anything special. I don't have any special powers. And that oil I used, I'm sure, was just regular whatever type of oil Wayne put in a thing. Nothing special. But God listened to us, and he heard our prayers, and he answered our prayers. And he answered them in a way that we can rejoice, because she, she came through the surgery and the treatment successfully. But he answered his prayer, our prayer according to his will. So the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. These are the energetic prayers, the passionate prayers that that we have for people and things to, to activate the power of God to move in their lives or to move in the lives of others. There was a woman at uh, Strongstown, her mother uh, was dying from Alzheimer's, had Alzheimer's, and uh, she was maybe in her 90s, I believe she was in her 90s, and very difficult situation if you've ever dealt with um, Alzheimer patients, very challenging. And you can steadily see, as a caregiver, they kept her at home, and as a caregiver, you can steadily see the person declining and declining. And you know that you're not going to be healed from that. You know that that person is not. And her prayer was she didn't want to be alone with her mother when she died, when her mother died. She didn't want to be alone. That's what she was so afraid of, this particular person. And it just so happened that when her mother did die, she wasn't alone. And her prayer was answered. And it just kind of happened by happenstance, so to speak. You know, it wasn't a schedule. No one was really supposed to be scheduled to be there. And uh, the person, the, the caregiver that came in had left. And this lady was all alone with her mother. And uh, it turned out that actually my mother actually went over to stop by. And that's when it happened. And it's amazing. Her prayer was answered. Yes, her mother was, ultimately her mother was healed because she was a believer uh, as far as we can tell. She was not healed from her physical illness. But this, this woman's prayer was answered. When her mother died, she was not alone. So our prayers are answered. God does answer our prayers. And James gives us the example of Elijah from the Old Testament, which is probably one of the most notable examples of prayer. His prayer initiated a three and a half year drought and it ended that drought. Now that's power. That's being in tune with God. 
But James tells us we're the same kind of person Elijah was. He was human just like us. Just like all the other Old Testament characters. He wasn't a superhero. He was a man, a person just like us, with the same desires, the same passions that we have. But he was also a man that was passionate for God. And especially in his prayer life. James closes his letter by telling us that we are responsible for each other. We are to proclaim the gospel to others. And as they receive Christ into their lives, we're to help them grow, help them mature in the faith. This may involve disciplining them, correcting them when they stray from the faith, when they stray from the Word of God. And the closing words of James really express his primary objective of this letter. And that's kind of why it's a little bit of an abrupt ending. It just kind of stops. But it's to simply confront those people that have a faith or a dead faith. That's what James wants us to do. You claim you're a Christian, but are you living a Christian life? And sometimes we can't necessarily confront those people to say, why do you do this? Sometimes we have to. James tells us to be a faithful witness to those people that are not living in full obedience to the Word of God. That's what James told the people of his day and the churches around the area. And the same applies to us as well. Some believers have strayed from the truth, wandered away from the faith a little bit. And that puts them in danger because it opens the door to allow worldly stuff and Satan and his demonic activity in. So we need to call those people back to live a life of faith, to trust God, to maintain an open, a sharing, and praying relationship with those people. And that keeps us from getting in a spiritual rut. It keeps us from going down the wrong path as well. It helps us give us the strength that we need for victory over our sin. God has indeed granted to all believers the ministry of reconciling wandering souls to Himself. Whenever we see a believer that their lifestyle is not showing the evidence of salvation. It's our duty to witness to them and to minister to them. To give them so that they may see the genuine saving faith of God. That is our duty. To minister to all those that need the Word of God. And that kind of concludes the letter of James. Concludes our look at the epistle of James as well comes with that ending, that our, the ending is to trust God with our lives and we'll be pleasing Him as we trust in Him and to witness and to minister to those that are not living a life of Christ. Hopefully this study these past uh, couple months have, have given you something to think about and, and something to try to put into practice in your life each and every day. Let's close with a prayer this morning. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time studying your words of your servant James. We thank you for the many practical pieces of advice that you gave us through him for our daily lives. Help us to truly implement them into our lives. And as we prepare to give thanks this week for the freedoms that we have, for the blessings that you have given to us, for our family and for our friends, help us to remember to give thanks to you for all that you have done for us and for all that you will do for us. We thank you most especially of all for sending your Son into this world to save us from our sins. Help us to truly place our lives and our trust into you. For we ask this in Jesus' name.